Welcome to About the People, For the People, episode two. I'm so excited for this guest I have for you guys today. His story is filled with great life lessons that we can all benefit from. Sky is originating from Houston, Texas. He's actually an ex-teammate of mine at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. He's killing it in the finance industry as a consultant, one of my best friends, and just a joy to be around. Everyone, please welcome Jordan Lee. Jay, what's good, my man? How you doing, bro? Doing good. Just, you know, woke up, took a shower, you know, ready to chop it up with you. Kind of go over, you know, past experiences and, you know, whatever else may come out of the conversation. <laughs> past experiences, being all professional, bro. <laughs> um, yo, so this uh, this episode is actually going to be kind of, uh, it's going to be kind of all over the place, man. Because um, I got a lot of things that I want to talk about with you. Um, I think that you got a lot of um, a lot of free game to give and also just uh, just with your experiences, bro. Like and the cool thing about this, guys, is. Like my relationship with Jordan is very unique, man, because uh, I'm going to take you guys back, give you a story before we kind of start this. Right. Give you a story about how I met Jordan. Right. So um, <laughs> my freshman year of college at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, come there and play baseball. I already knew one of our teammates. Um, and he was from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We met actually on our, one of our recruiting visits, right? And we go see, I want to say it was, uh, I think you guys are playing UTA. Yeah, we like were playing UTA. And it was me. Um, I'm not going to say uh, the guy's name just in case he don't want his name out there. So anyway. It's me and him. We didn't even know each other yet. So we sitting at the game. I'm with my pops. He with his pops. We in the stands. We watching the game or whatever. And I remember watching like the game. And I was like, man, like this almost looked like, obviously I've been to professional games before, but I'm like, man, this looked like crazy. Like it looked different. Everybody looks so fast. Everybody looks so big. Everybody, they throwing hard. It was just crazy. Right. I can't even remember like specifics of the game, to be honest with you. I don't even remember seeing Jordan on the field. He played that game. That's how he didn't play, but I don't even remember seeing Jordan. And we had the game and the one of our teammates that um, was going to be a freshman with me. So he comes, he's like, his dad comes to me. He's like, hey, are you uh, are you Brandon Guilford? Um, you know, he's like reading my bio off. He's like, you know, you did this. You did that. You did that. I'm like, bro, who is this dude? And he's like, he like, yeah, he was like, we read your bio. Um, uh, we go on the corpus too or whatever, right? So um, then we sit together for the rest of the game, uh, chopping it up or whatever. So anyway, when I get the corpus that first day, when I touched down, I ain't gonna tell you guys all the dramatics of me just getting the corpus to begin with. Like it was, it was hell, man. Just getting me enrolled, like it was crazy. But anyway, I get the corpus, and um, immediately I text that dude. I'm like, "Oh, where you at?" You no, know, trying to make friends, all that kind of stuff like that. Trying to see the girls, you know how that go. So, um, I'm I'm in his apartment. We chopping it up, and he's telling me, he's like, "Man, I met this dude that's on the team already, and like, uh, we've been like." Um, I think it may have been Instagram. He's like, you know, we've been messaging back and forth and all this kind of stuff like that. And uh, bro, he seems so cool. And actually, he's gonna come over to the apartment in a little bit, right? So we had this place playing 2K, bro. Um, we got Waka Flocka playing. <laughs> like, we just it's getting it's getting ratchet in there, right? So we just blasting music on this little stereo and stuff like that. And anyway, uh, then here comes Jordan. Jordan walk in the room, right? I, I never seen Jordan. I didn't know, know what to expect. All I knew was that he was black. That was it. 
I ain't know what his profile was. I ain't know what he looked like, anything. So Jordan come walking in, little short dude, bro, massive amounts of energy, funny as hell. And he just come in, just acting a fool, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm kind of feel, I'm kind of feeling this dude, right? And he's telling us all these, all these tall tales, man. I call them tall tales. He he's telling all these tall tales about what the game is like, right? So he's like, yeah, we Friday nights like this, so we got like this many people here, and you know, wait till after the game, the girls gonna be on your phone, and they gonna be like, like he just like hyping it up, right? So me that and him, right. That was right. <laughs> but we sit there, we just eating it up. We just like, bro, this is about to be the craziest experience of my life. Um. And I, I'm, I'm going to get to my point in a minute, but I'm just kind of giving you guys the steps of how, like, our relationship started. So um, later that night, right, there was a Stripes, this corner store, right? So the corner store, people don't know what the corner store is, basically the gas station, right? It's on the corner, right? So it's a corner store down the street from um, from our campus. You know, it was late that night. It probably had been, like, I don't know, 9, 10, 10 o'clock at night. And we was like, man, we want some snacks. So we... We know we had no car, none of us had a car, so he's like, We'll just walk over to Stripes, you know, whatever. So he's walking over there, and this is when we started to click because I remember we was walking, and Jordan always played music on his phone. He always played music on his phone whenever you're around him, he always got some music playing. And um, we walk him, and he started playing uh, that Thug Motivation by Jeezy, and I was like, Bro nobody really know about thug motivation like i know about thug motivation right like i don't meet too many people that really be banging jeezy like this right so then we get to talking like oh you like this song we quoting lyrics back and forth and stuff like that then we're like oh you who else you listen to oh, i listen to jay cole i listen to this so we just vibing right and that kind of like started it like like as like the first like initial startup of our friendship is like seeing that similarity we had in music and stuff like that so um to kind of uh, jump in in a weird spot. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, bro, like, you know, how did you develop that taste for music the way you got it? Because coming from Houston, I feel like local rap pretty much run everything, right? You know, right. you got you got your eight ball, you got all that kind of stuff like that, like Paul Wall, all them, bro. Like that's, that's Houston, right? And right. then like, I met you and I feel like your game was so like vast when it came to, to music. Where do you think that came from? Man, I'd say, really when my uncle so my uncle went to arizona state so yeah. he went to college but he would always come home for break so i live with my grandma so my uncle was like my big brother so when yeah. he would come home from college he was always putting me on new music yeah but we were like 10 years apart so i'm like like 10 and you know he 20 he oh you have you heard that i'm like what is yeah. that you know so <laughs> i would i would pick up stuff like that and then my dad would always every time we was in the car he would yeah. always play g you know, so I'm listening to Jeezy, and yeah. we would have these little competitions on who could sing the whole song and know every lyric. You know, what I'm <laughs> so, so that was really where I got the like. I'm big in the lyrics. You know, like yeah. every time I listen to a song, I'm really listening for the lyrics. Yeah. So my pops and my uncle really, and then you know we had BET. Yeah. You know BET. Uh -huh. So we listened to BET and. They usually put the little, you know, back in the day, they would put the song, uh -huh. the album in the yeah, bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, yeah, so I would get a notepad and I would just write them down. And then I had the bear share. So I would uh -huh. go in and downloading everything. Yeah. I'm downloading whole albums and I didn't yeah. really know what it was. Right. I, I would just listen to it. Mm. But then, like you said, Houston rap, when we are in middle school, all you hear is Paul Wall. Yeah. Uh, Mike Jones. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, man, I didn't hurt. You know, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear yeah. 
the Atlanta. I want to hear yeah. the New York, Jay-Z, yeah. Yeah. and the West Coast. So that's yeah. really just, I would say my uncle, my dad, and then once I got access to that bear share, it was it was a wrap. Like I was I was burning CDs all day long. <laughs> if anybody yeah. from the government listening, you know, man, them burning <laughs> CDs. Man. Me and Ham was talking about that the other day, and I was like, man, we was like just destroying computers right. that download, man. Like yo, your computer, it wouldn't even turn on no more. It wasn't like you right. had a virus. Your computer wouldn't turn on no right. more. It was like, like Trojan, Trojan virus 2.0. <laughs> when I had, I, 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 you could ask my mom, you know, I broke two Mac, like desktop. Yeah. Just messing with bear sharing LimeWire. LimeWire. Yeah, LimeWire. But it was the GOAT, man. He was like, bro, it's so much music on here. But we digress, man. We not finna right, right. Yeah, about so, fed, bro. So, yeah, anyway. music, is, music has always been a big thing for us, especially, you know, yeah. pre-game stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And, like, the crazy thing about Jordan, like, I think what makes him special is something that I, I didn't expect. Like I said, like, first time I met him. All I knew was that he was black. That was it. I didn't know anything about his character or nothing like that. And one thing that I kind of learned about him was like, just spending time with him was intellectually, first of all, he's very smart, but also like, like his desire for knowledge and to learn so much was something I had never seen. And straight up, honestly, I'd never seen from another black person up to that point. Like, it was it was something different about him. Like he always, you know, could talk about interviews that he watched, you know, and that's something that he always stood us this day, whether it was rap, whether it was um artists, whether it was business owner, see any whatever. Like Jordan was always like trying to learn stuff. Um and even apply it to the game, always watching film, always watching highlights, you know, all these different things like that. I, I didn't do that. So it was actually kind of crazy. The more that I spent time with Jay, the more that I started to be like, okay, I want to learn more about just everything in life, man. So talk to me about that, man. Like what, what started that, that desire, that yearning for you to always be trying to learn? Right. So I had to say, taking a step back and thinking about my childhood. So mm. I, when I was, when I was saying I grew up with my grandparents, uh, she used to always tell me, so she was big in history. Yeah. And she would always say, well, if you really want to know, you have to read it. Mm. You know, like you have to read, mm -hmm. you have to read. Mm -hmm. And so when I had access to YouTube, they was they were putting all the videos up. So I was like, well, I could really watch it and yeah. really just learn. Uh, but to answer your question, what, you know, kind of, you know, gave me the desire to want to want to go that avenue. Yeah. I would say it was just, I don't, I that's kind of, that's a good question. Yeah. I would say it was more so wanting to be able to hold a conversation with anybody. Mm. You know, like mm. I always wanted to be the person that's like, I could go talk to an engineer. I yeah. could talk to a ball player. Yeah. I could talk to anybody and be able to hold my own. Wow. You know? Yeah. For yeah. me to want to learn about different, you know, medical field, finance. Yeah. Computers. Yeah. Baseball is just. I wanted to, you know, go to a party or, you know, if I'm meeting somebody's parents, mm. you know, like you mm -hmm. always thought that adults had all the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, So I always wanted to like be able to talk to somebody. I'm like, man, like he knows more than I assumed or more knowledge of things beyond his years uh, than I initially thought. And I was really just wanting to, wanting to be able to hold my own in, yeah. in conversation, yeah. you know? Like I wanted to be able to talk to you in Dallas, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know about Dallas, you know, because I right. I read it, 
you know? Right, right. And, I, and I know we previously talked on Wednesday, and you were saying you don't watch TV. TV. Yeah. I don't really watch TV. I more so read yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like reading books. I'm reading mm-hmm. little articles, mm-hmm. news, or just watching it on YouTube. Yeah. You know, and I think that really – and I'm sure we'll get to this later in the conversation, but that's what really sparked my interest about this finance thing that yeah. I did. You know, like I just kind of just read, mm-hmm. <laughs> watch movies, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's the other thing too. Movies, Jay have been big on oh, like, he, yeah, he, yeah, he stayed I feel like I've seen every movie. I mean, honestly, I feel like I feel like I've seen every movie there is that's ever came out. Fun fact, man. We was in, we were in college. That's all we did. Like, yeah. we went to the, especially my freshman year. So, Jay, Jay's a year older than me. So, his sophomore year, my freshman year, we probably went to the movie. I mean, how many times do you think we went to the movies, bro? Probably a, a month, bro. Like, even when you were dating Hannah. Yeah. She would come down. We would go to the movies. That's all we did, bro. Yeah. That's all we did. Like, we, we were kind of weird like that. You know, I feel like some people be like, oh, we was going to parties. We was like, nah, we was going we to was the movies. movies. Like, yeah, it was, <laughs> our routine was literally lift weights, go to the field. Yep. Go to class, obviously. Yep. And then watch college football, watch movies. Like, exactly. That's <laughs> all we did, man. Anybody it's that crazy. came to our apartment, because me and Brandon lived together my junior year. So anybody that came to the apartment, it was real dark because we mm-hmm. always had the movies yep. in the, yeah, in the movie. It was yep. always dark in there. For real. So we kind of go back um, to your childhood, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for Cynic Woods. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. That's kind of where we start this whole thing. I tell people all the time, I love Houston, man. Like I, I really, really, really like adore Houston. Um, I think I like it more because the people, everybody that I've met from Houston, white, black, no matter, have been some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Very, uh, very down to earth, very cultured. Um, and, you know, coming from California, I see similarities weirdly, like, in Houston and California to me for some reason. And I can't always put my finger on it, but I don't know, it just seemed like, it seemed like if we would have moved from California and went to Houston, I would have felt more at home Home. than going from California to Dallas Dallas. or the Frisco McKinney area, right? So um, what is it in your opinion? Well, let's go back before I even ask that, you know, kind of walk me through um, what that experience was like when you were in Cynic Woods. Um, and then after that, you know, just kind of break down to me, what you, what do you think if you could put your finger on it, what, what makes Houston so, uh, special, if I can put it in those terms. Right. Yeah. So coming from Cynic Woods, it was different. I mean, I guess in that point in time, that's all I knew. Yeah. You know, it was just, you know, uh, going outside, for instance, I had an uncle and an aunt. Mm. Um, and uh, I have two sisters and a brother. Yeah. So me and my brother, we literally, you know, back in the day, in the 90s, you outside all day. Yeah. We riding mongoose bikes on pigs up yeah. and down the street. <laughs> uh, my parents didn't really care what time you, you know, because back then there was no Amber Alert. Right. There was no, no people were kidnapping kids. So mm-hmm. you could leave the house and you never had to worry about man am i is he gonna get snatched up by somebody right you know? right so it was really this is what my childhood was literally uh so i was the only one that played baseball mm. and, and you had this in common is mm-hmm. i really developed baseball skills from playing with the older kids in the neighborhood but also though just throwing the ball up in the air and chasing it and yeah. dying yeah. Laying out and then we hitting wiffle balls in the front yard, breaking yeah. windows, yeah, yeah. Hitting balls, you know, right. 
tennis ball too far, we can't play no more. Right. We super soakers. Mm-hmm. You know, but then it was also it was a black neighborhood. Yeah. So you still had you know the mischief that came with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and but that I think to me made me mature earlier because you knew essentially what to look for in people. You knew how to judge character based mm. on, you know, things that you've seen in the neighborhood. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, so you, and even just situational awareness. Yeah. You knew, okay. This, this is a fight. Don't, you know, yeah. it may be some confrontation from, yeah. you know, how people talk from mm. experience, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just a lot of outside playing ball, tussling over games yeah. in, in the driveway uh super soaker mongooses yeah. uh, and it, you know it's funny when i look back on that time i don't even really remember elementary school it's mm. more just all the outside activities yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. uh and, but then my mom always took us to different areas and different places so we are well traveled coming out of uh i guess an all-black neighborhood not to say yeah. black people aren't well traveled but yeah me, yeah we traveled so much around the world. Mm. Houston is very diverse, whereas I couldn't say the same about Dallas. For yeah. instance, if you think of Dallas, just the inner city Dallas. Like, okay, that's diverse. But once you start getting out into the Frisco's, the McKinney's, South Lake, Highland Park, it's more one, you know, it's more one race, it's, you know. And even the black people, I, I'm not going to say bucket everybody, but I'll just say Dallas, to me, isn't as diverse as Houston. Whereas if you compare similar neighborhoods, so like Cypress, mm-hmm. um, Cypress area, Katy, mm. you still see a, a, a big black population or a big Indian population or a big Asian American yeah. population. Yeah. You know? And I think everybody, I don't, it's kind of weird. Like the fashion, everybody's kind of into that. Yeah. You, everybody's kind of into that. Sports, I think Houston is big, but it's so small and condensed in a way. So like everybody's really going for the same thing. If that kind of makes sense. Like sports, everybody going for the Houston teams. Yeah. Everything is Houston decorated during the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of one of the things, especially, you know, sports. You know, baseball. Baseball and football are king here. Right. You know, like, that's all we do. So it's like, no matter what neighborhood, what suburb, is baseball, football, baby. Yeah. That's that's what we going to get, you know. Yeah. Um, And and you said something, bro, that made me – that you kind of took the words out of my mouth. Houston to me, because Texas as a whole, the state is huge, right? The whole state of Texas is big. So you have a lot of space to spread out. And kind of like, to your point, like Dallas is spread out, but so is Houston in a way, but at the same time, Houston still feels condensed, even though it's spread out. And I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, you know what I think it, I, so I was literally just having a conversation with my mom. So for instance, Dallas, if you put Dallas in a big block, uh, you have, like Frisco here, yeah. South Lake all the way up here. Whereas Houston, it's almost like a cinnamon roll. It's a circle, but it's just mm. literally everything is in that little circle. Yeah. So no yeah. matter if you're in Katy, you're still close to downtown. Kind of. Right. If you're in Cypress, you're still close. You know, like it's right. literally just a big fishbowl. And yeah. I guess that's why you would see a lot of flooding. Yeah. In yeah. Houston, because it's like everything is in that little circle. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas Dallas is like, you will have a Richardson way over here, you know, yeah. Trinity is way over, you know. So I think that's Dallas is it's almost like as if Dallas suburb has his own identity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Frisco right. has his own city, you mm-hmm. know, whereas Houston is like, no, like people, you know, like people in Springs still say they from Houston. Yeah. Even though your address don't even say right. that's true. Yeah. That's true. yeah. So you kind of spoke to this uh, earlier, but um what got you? So you say you say your uncle. Um, well, actually, you didn't say this. I just noticed about you. Right. <laughs> but um, I should say, what got you um, interested in baseball at such a young age? Because actually, now that I say that, is we have a similar story in that. Like for me, right? Your uncle, played, my, yeah. my uncle, got me into baseball. Me and my brother into baseball at a young age. Um, like he. His favorite team was like Cal State Fullerton, you know, yeah. and like that. And then that ended up being my favorite team. His uh, favorite team was North Carolina team. and basketball. My favorite team was North Carolina. So my uncle had a big like impact on like making me, um, you know, or I guess the, I guess I say like initially starting my interest in different sports and mm-hmm. different teams and things of that nature. But it, it was crazy. It was like almost like all he did was almost like introduce us to the game. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like I don't remember ever like, I've never taken BP from my uncle. I've never played catch with him that I can remember. You know what I'm saying? None of those things. So it was almost like he just kind of like just gave me the game and then like walked away and was like, I'm going to see what he's going to do with it. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, like what, I guess what kept you interested in baseball? What was it? Because something started you, right? So he said our uncle started you, but what what kept you initially, um, you know, interested in wanting to play? Yeah, I would say who? I honestly, I think I would almost have to take a step and walk myself through it. Like, so like my uncle introduced me to ball. He's 10 years older. So when I was young, he was already about to go to Arizona State. Yeah. Um, So I just remember. And it's funny because I was just looking before we talked. Mm. I was just looking at some of my childhood pictures. One years old, I had a baseball glove. Yeah. Yeah. And I had it on the wrong hand. (laughs) But I would say, like, the it's, it's almost like, is destiny mm. in a way. Like I, I started playing ball, didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. So I'm throwing right-handed, but I'm really lefty. <laughs> and you know, like he went to college. So then it was just me and my brother played basketball. So it was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was when that time was when they started putting college baseball on TV. Yeah. And my mom always did a really good job. So this is me starting to answer what kept me interested. Yeah. It was almost like my mom was my biggest hype hype mm. person. Like, yeah. she would play the Little League World Series on TV when I was in Little League, and she yeah. would always say, do you want to play there one day? You know, like, almost getting me excited. Like, do you, yeah. you want to play there one day? And, right. you know, me, I, of course I could play there. You know, yeah. I hit, like, 10 homers. <laughs> it was yeah. just, I think she would just always keep me, you know, like, out of the streets. Like, she was, mm-hmm. you want to play? You you know, you want to go mm-hmm. play? Or you want to go to an Astros game? Yeah. And I, my first Astros game, I want my mom. Yeah. And then I think it was watching college. You know, it was so it was a slow progression. Mm-hmm. Watching the Little League World Series on TV. And mm-hmm. then you looking at them playing, you're like, man, I'm just as good as them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so then you moving on. When you're in middle school, you start seeing pros. You start mm-hmm. actually understanding the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you understanding it, watching pros play. So me being a Griffey guy, mm-hmm. I'm watching Griffey. And we didn't even have YouTube, so I can't watch highlights. But right, right. I'm watching ESPN, and mm-hmm. that was when they were showing baseball games. Right, on ESPN. right. And so then, 
going into high school, like maybe seventh to eighth grade, she mm. was taking me to the high school game. Mm-hmm. And so I went to high school with Anthony Rendon, who yeah. played for now the Angels. But right. seeing him, and I'm like you were saying, like, man, the game's so fast. Yeah. You know, but then you kind of comparing yourself to you, they give you the roster. Yeah. Of what year people are. So you got sophomore. Yeah. I'm just as good as him. Right, you know? right, right. And then I thought, you know, I was thinking, well, man, I, at every step that we encountered, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like I can do that. Yeah. You know, I tried yeah. it. I really, no, I'm just playing. Yeah. Man, I'm hanging. Yeah. You know. And it's crazy you said day, that, bro, about, um, not to cut you off, sorry. It just made me think about the, the, the Little League Royal Series, because I remember, um, just kind of funny, just made me think about it. Um, in my little league in Rialto, right? Uh-huh. We had they had an all-star team they would select every year, right? You mm-hmm. had a league and they pick your all-star team. All-star team would then go play other all-stars from all-star other little team. leagues, right? So right. that's initially how you get to the little league road series. It's a long progression, right? So like I remember when I was <laughs> when I was young and like I got I, I'm not bragging, but I was nice. I ain't gonna act like I wasn't nice. Right. Like, <laughs> we, we, we were good in baseball. It is what it is. We ain't in the league, but we were good in baseball, right? Right. But anyway. I always made the all-star team. And I remember it wasn't until, because we had it broken down, I want to say it was T-ball, farm. Junior, junior major. No, we didn't have a junior. We, we went T-ball, farm, minors, majors. Mm-hmm. And then juniors. Juniors was the right before you went to high school. High school. So I was a big, big kid. So, like, to, to us when we was young, they looked like big leagues. We were like, bro, they so right. big. They throwing so hard. They playing on a real big field, you know? Like, anyway, and it's like that every level, right? When you was in minors, you looked like that for the majors and so on and so forth. But anyway, uh-huh. um, I would get selected. And I remember always just being like, man, I cannot wait to get to the majors because I get picked on the all-star team. I'll play in a little league real series, right? Right. So, I, I didn't I couldn't put I couldn't put it together yet to know that there were so many tournaments you had to win just and to qualify just to get into just to get the Williamsport right right so um one year in particular my last year in majors right before I was gonna go to juniors and this was probably oof, I remember the year we moved to Texas in 2008 so this may have been like 2005 or six uh-huh maybe maybe South seven i don't know somewhere in that in that time frame and i know it was my last year in majors though and we they picked the all-star team the all-star team was stacked bro like it was all the homies right because my little league we all, it was, we all did the same thing all my homies we all played we all played in the same little league we all played on the same football teams we all played on the same basketball teams and we just rotated each season like we all right. stayed together right, right? right. so um which was actually kind of cool especially if you talk about like the environment we came up in because I, the environment I came up in was all black and all Mexican for the most part. We had some white people in there, but for the most part, it was all black and Mexican. Right. So to see black people being, in particular, being so um, so willing and so well-versed to play so many different sports, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now, I know I named the three obvious sports, but for the most part, even to this day, you don't hear too many black people playing baseball. Baseball. But, when right. they were, but back then, that was normal to me, bro. All my homies played baseball, right? So yep. anyway... They picked this all-star team and we just nice. Like we we loaded, bro. I'm like, bro, whoever we play, we about to run these boys, right? So we do. We 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 win the first tournament and we win like our um, I don't know, I guess it's like a regional oh, tournament or something oh, like that. Yeah, like yeah. we yeah, run yeah. the regional tournament and or like area, yeah, yeah. So you like win that tournament. Um, that's back when I used to pitch too. So like I got like newspaper clippings because I got like the uh-huh. final out pitching and stuff like that for us to win it all, stuff like that. So like um 
we do that. And I remember after that, I was like, bro, like, it's, it's official. I told y'all we was going to win this game. Like, we finna go to Williamsport, right? So then I was like, oh, we got to go to another tournament. And it wasn't even far from where we played. I'm like, we got to go to another tournament. Uh-huh. We went and played this team, bro. They man. Bro, <laughs> they, they stomped us, bro. I mean, bro, they stomped us. Uh, I think they had one black kid on their team because at that point we all black. We like, oh, we fast, we strong. You no, know, we gonna be anybody. You know, these busy white boys in front of us. We gonna do this, this, and that, and the other. Right? Right. We got there, man. They run us, bro. I think they ran, run ruled us. I think. Um, and then they got, and then to go back to funny story to like that newspaper clipping. Um, they got a newspaper clipping a picture of me making an error at shortstop. It's like Brandon Gilbert makes an error in the game. Like we lost. I was like, bro, like I still oh, got funny, that in my house. Tonight. Funny story about you said you pitched. So I mm-hmm. you pitch. So you could ask yeah. anybody. Yeah. So I pitched in the league. Yeah. I'm lefty, bro. So one of my only outings, I'll say like, I threw a no no. Uh-huh. This is maybe what tw- 11 you, 11, 12 you. So yeah. I threw a no no. I even remember the team name. <laughs> I, I can see it in my head. We would play a team called the Friendswood Flames. <laughs> and I went out there and threw a no-no. Yeah. And, and after that, I just hit – I just paid. I just couldn't control it. I yeah. was like – I think once you start, like, maturing and throwing harder, you can't mm. get hard to control. Yeah, yeah. So I used to just peg people. So it's like I, that, was, that was the end of my pitching career. But. Right, right. <laughs> so for me, like I was just saying just a minute ago, like we play so many different sports. What sport – in your opinion, came more natural to you? Baseball. Yeah. Well, I would have to say baseball and football, though. Mm. Like, and only reason I said that is because, like, for instance, I see every picture. Like, baseball, I never really practiced. Yeah. I didn't yeah. start practicing baseball until 10th grade. Right. right. Believe it or not, like, some people would probably be surprised, but I never practiced mm-hmm. outside of the team, the little team yeah. practice you have. Yeah. I never did that until 10th grade. Right. Where And, like, I would do it all the time in the front yard, the mm-hmm. backyard, but mm-hmm. it wasn't nothing. You wouldn't do, like, drills. Like, you I was playing. My dad didn't play ball. So, it's like, I didn't have nobody to throw me batting practice. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody to soft toss. Right. So anything I did, it was putting the ball on the tee, swing. Putting the yeah. ball, you know. Yeah. Whereas football, it was almost like I could out-physical anybody. Yeah. You know, so like, for instance, funny thing, when I was in middle school or just about to go to middle school, Friday Night Lights came out. Mm. That movie Friday mm. Night Lights came out. And I was mm. like, man, like that. And you got to think, I'm going to middle school. And that's what we yeah. had a middle school football team. Right. You know, so like, yeah, man, I was like, man, I'm trying to be Booby Miles in school. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was like, I could tell, you know, like you playing Pop Warner. Like, this is a whole nother can of worms. We about yeah. to open, but when you get into Pop Warner, you so young that you, I mean, you're not lifting. Yeah. You're playing off pure athleticism. So right. it's like, man, I could, I could beat anybody to the corner. Right. To turn up field. And I was always stronger. I, I guess because, like, I would always, like, do put, I've seen people on TV doing push. I'm like, man, I'm trying to. So right. I've been there doing push-ups. Right. And I remember curling. With, I had to use, it was a 20, we had a 25-pound dumbbell my uncle had. Yeah. I would hold it with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, I was always, like, physically yeah. capable. Yeah. So I would say, man, base it's kind of weird. Like, baseball was something I did more. Right. Football was only, you know, in the fall. Right. Pop Warner, that was when they started doing year-round. So, right. I'm playing Pop Warner year-round in baseball. But I would say the aggression side, football came naturally. Yeah. You compete yeah. in the neighborhood with all the kids. You just right. naturally. 
Right. Uh, it's kind of hard to pick one, but I, I, if I really truly said, I'll say baseball came more naturally than football did. Yeah. Like once I started getting older, you know, like, yeah, I'll say base, I'll say baseball came more naturally. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel I'm, like baseball is the only sport, a true skill sport that you can get away with not practicing and still like keep going up and up and up. You know. Yeah, that's that's the thing too. Like that's my, my I'm similar to you, bro. Like, but honestly, I feel like. It, it was tough, bro, because I didn't it, – it was weird for me. I I didn't start playing Pop Warner football until – I can't even remember the age I was. I, I think but I, I was in second grade. Second I, grade. I was later, though. I, a lot of my friends played before me, and I didn't. I was just playing baseball and basketball to that point. Mm-hmm. And I loved football. My dad played football in college and everything. And, like, I was naturally more gifted in football, I guess, naturally more – from my opinion, naturally more gifted in football. But mm-hmm. I just – I don't know if I, it's not that I didn't have a desire to play. I just, I don't know. I just wasn't doing it. And my brother yeah. was playing and stuff like that. And I just wasn't doing it. And then after a while, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to start playing. And, um, you know, quick fun fact, my first year playing football, I was a, a offensive lineman. So, <laughs> I do know that. I uh, do. So, uh, a little bit of weight. Yeah, I was a little chunky, bro. So um, and I was slow. I was slow when I was young. But, um, but yeah, so like, but I still, it, it was weird. It was like, I was always super athletic. Like mm-hmm. super athletic. Now I'm not gonna be, you know, everybody say, oh, I was fat when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I was and I wasn't like I wasn't like obese or nothing like that. I was heavier, but I think the biggest thing was I was just slow. Uh-huh. And because and I was slow because I didn't run correctly. Like I used, I used to run on my heels. It was it was a whole lot of things that used to make me slow when I was a kid. And um, but anyway, it it was weird. For me, I almost felt like if looking back, think about it now. I probably would have kept playing football mm-hmm. if I would have been playing a skill position earlier. Yep. Because like like I said, when I started, I played I played lineman, but at that time my team was stacked. Bro, my pop warner, I tell people all the time, my pop warner team was yeah. so nice. Yeah. Bro, I, I, I got I got I got one of my teammates, he went to um he went to the Giants. He's playing for the Giants for a little bit. Another one of my teammates, um, Jamal Williams, he plays for the Packers right now, running back for the Packers. Um, I had a bunch of my teammates go play uh, college football at big-time programs. So either they play at big-time college programs or they just got in trouble and, right. you know, just being in the, in the neighborhood, just doing dumb stuff and end up having to stop playing. But anyway, my point being, I think looking back now, I probably would have stuck with football mm-hmm. if I would have been playing a skill position at that early age to see like what I could actually really do. I didn't really see that. So I got like the high school and I was like, okay, I'm like really nice. You know what uh, I'm saying? But at that time I was just as nice in baseball, you know what I'm right. saying? And I had, and I had seen success in baseball for so long from an early age that I was like, okay, maybe I'm just naturally more gifted in this. So um, yeah, it, it's just kind of weird how that, that happens. Like, right. And even for me, like, I I'll say I started playing pop Warner in second grade. Yeah. But you know, like down here, like, if you don't play ball, like, yeah, what are you doing? Right. I remember I didn't, I liked the aggression of football, mm-hmm. but I didn't like to get hit. Like, yeah. I liked hitting. Yeah. But maybe it was the blind side. Yeah. Running on kickoff, and you like, man, I can't even see somebody crossing, right. crossing, you know? So I think, and I know, you know, like getting hit was, you know, you like, we always just say, you get hit that first time, like, all right, I'm ready to play. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, like I used to 
I used to really just try to hit the sidelines when I had the ball just so I could just – if you hit me, I'm out of bounds. Right. But if not, or I you just, just run out. Or I just run out of bounds. Right, you just run out. Exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah. But – um. So I, I like to I like to talk about this. That's why I spend a lot of time talking about like our our upbringing and stuff like that. So you know, mm-hmm. coming up in the environments where we came up in, um, you know, and I, I'm talking about before, um, like for me before Texas, right? So before mm-hmm. I came to the Frisco McKinney area, coming up in those environments. Um, so like I think, I think there's a I think there's a um, there's a skill you talked about a little bit earlier. I think there's a skill that you learn when you grow up there because. I came from, I came from a good family. I was a smart kid. I, I cared about school. Um, I cared about ball and I just wanted to do the right things as a kid for the most part. Right. But there, there's a, in those environments, you can get so polluted by where you're from, by what you're surrounded by. Um, and I started to see that early. Um, yeah, for the most part, I'll just to to make it more clear. It wasn't until I got around like middle school, because mm. middle school now then you getting different. then you getting kids from you know other places that's coming to your middle school as opposed to elementary school. It's just like your yeah. little pool, and you're real young, you know. So everybody ain't really doing that in elementary school. Then you get to middle school. Middle school, it's people a whole start different. getting older. People start you know coming into their own a little bit more. Like when I got to middle school, that's when I start seeing people was gang banging, yeah. like yeah. you know what whatever it was like. And, you know, riots, we had riots all the time at my middle school, um, you know, and just things of that nature. And it's like, walk me through what, or let me say it this way, explain to the listeners what that, what that process is like, being that kid surrounded by the environment, having the homies that you have, and you still choosing to go right, right. Uh-huh. and they go left, but you still, but they're your friends, and that's your environment, you know, walk me through how you um, how'd you do that? How do you do that? Right. Yep. And I'll even kind of give you my background, the same kind of upbringing. Like mm-hmm. I went elementary uh, because the school, elementary school I went to, we all went to middle school together. Yeah. Um, and then the school district I was in, once high school started, you could kind of go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I'd say I didn't really start making trouble in school, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of causing a nuisance until middle school. Yeah, same that, was when, mm-hmm. that opened up a whole different can of worms. Yeah. Because all my friends in middle school were in games. Yeah, yeah. All, I'm saying literally every person I hung out with was yeah. in games. Yeah. Really, and, and so to your point, you had, that's when you started seeing people smoking. Yeah. Middle school, we had kids driving to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids with cars. Crazy, um, man. We would have black versus Hispanic riots mm-hmm. or HPD spraying, mm-hmm. pepper spraying. Yeah. Um, and it's like you were part of it, but then you got cops at your school. Did y'all have cops yeah. at your school? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so bad. It was like we had drug dogs. Yeah, bro. Everywhere. Same here, bro. It was literally like the movie stamp, uh, lean on me. Like, to cut you off real quick, I, I, I and I'll let you keep going, bro. It's almost like I tell people if you would have looked at my middle school, like from a bird's eye view, you thought um, it was a prison. It, it almost like a prison, like yeah. the quad area had the big long gate. bars that came down, all, like big, it looked like a prison, bro. Like, big iron gate, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like it literally, like that was my first. But the funny thing is, you kind of already know because your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Then the music you listen to. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, man, what you listen to is it affects your mood. Mm-hmm. What you watch on TV, it affects mm-hmm. your mood. Yep. You know, so yep. it was almost like 
you know how we listen to pregame music? Yeah. I'm listening to pregame music just to go to school. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what today is going to bring. <laughs> right. You know, like, right. I may be running for my life after right. school down the street from a right. car full of, you know, people. Yeah. Or I'm jumping the fences, running from somebody. I don't even know who I'm running from. Right. You know, so I would say the, the only way really that I was able to navigate that and not go to gang way mm-hmm. was sports. I mean, mm-hmm. because a lot of, I've noticed looking back in hindsight, a lot of the kids that continued that life, yeah, they all literally either dead or serving 15 in Huntsville. Yeah, yeah. And that's the state pen. That's the state right. uh, penitentiary for people that you know yeah. outside of Texas. Yeah. Um, but they didn't have the family. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a family environment to where mm-hmm. it's like I can ask my mom, "Hey, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What if I did that? You know, what what's the reaper? What's the repercussion from yeah. joining the game? You yeah. know, I had that. Yeah. They didn't have that. Yeah. So and I think to to um to that real quick, I think that's a testament to just to big up our family real quick. I think that's uh-huh. a testament to our families are the people that um, poured into us because at that age you don't see like you can't articulate that really. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I couldn't go to my dad and say, "Hey," or I probably didn't want to either. Then be right. like, "Hey, man, you know, like um, I'm thinking about possibly gangbanging." You know, you you, you no, don't do that, but 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 it's but it's your parents that can kind of watch you and see and how he, you start to change and mm-hmm. like how you start to act. And that was more so with me, like to your point about like middle school, like you just saw how like I started to get influenced more by mm-hmm. the people I was with, like yep. the music I listened and, to, the way I dress, the way I start to talk, like all that yep. stuff. Like, And so to your point, my mom knew, like for instance, so she knew the kids I was hanging out with because my mom was my school teacher yeah. in elementary yeah. school. Yeah. You know, so she was putting us both in the hallway. Right. You know, my own yeah. mom was like, man, y'all need to go sit in the hallway. Yeah. And so once we just got older, she was like, why are you wearing an all diggy suit? Mm-hmm. Why are you wearing green yeah. ducks? Yeah. You know, because it's like that was when the game that mm-hmm. was when the, the game that was when the West Coast gang music was mm-hmm. the biggest yeah. in rap. Yeah. So it's like I'm listening to the game. I'm like, crap, what? Like, right, right, right. Uh-huh. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, like they and then it was like even I had the funny thing is outside of school, I had all my friends were like Hispanic. Yeah. Black. Yeah. But in school, man, uh, like mm-hmm. it was such a race. It almost seemed like jail in the sense of like it was such a race divide. Yeah. All the black people over here, all the Hispanics over here, mm-hmm. all the white people over here. Mm-hmm. Very you divided. Know, so it was like that started. And think about it, West Coast, like that's the only like penal system, meaning jail, like that's yeah. that strict about yeah. that race thing. So it was almost like, man, like it's so to your point, you said Houston is very similar mm-hmm. to the West Coast. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, like my mom, like she knew everybody. So she was like, why are you, you're not that, yeah. you know, but you yeah. in my mom, I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah, like, yeah I am, right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Come up to school and see, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so that, and then, you know, like when your older siblings, mm. you know, like they try to check you. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, having my my uncle and them coming from college, they like, what are you, what is, right. what is this, you know? Right, right. Uh, so I would say family. And, and also my saving grace, and I really think this is true, 
was graduating middle school. Yeah. Like I always thought if I could get out of eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> if I could, as crazy as that may sound to some yeah. people, that's yeah. not yeah, for real. You know, like, because I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this, like, they don't, they never dealt with that. So they're like, right. this is cap. You know, yeah. this is a lie. Yeah. But no, like, seriously, I used to think I can just get out of eighth grade unscathed. Mm-hmm. Then I can go to any school. So it's like the probability of us going to the same high school is is, is slim. Right. You know, right. so I was like, right. man, I can really just get out. But mm-hmm. I realized once I got to high school, it was worse. Yeah. It was worse. Yeah. So I was like, man, like, I can't escape it. Like, I'm going to have to. I thought, you know, the only way I could really get out of it was sports because after school activities, that wasn't that, man. Exactly. I'm sure exactly. we'll get to that here soon. And, I, and that, was a, that was a crazy thing, too. Like, um, I know we spend a lot of time here, but I want people to understand, like, you know, how the environmental structure where people come up in, like, how it can be, like, almost like a gravitational pull to pull you into certain things and you just have to you know thank god and like i said give big ups to your family that can recognize when you need to be removed from something because i feel like that's what uh, a lot of the reason why we left um and you know i've never really talked with my parents about this but in my opinion i feel like that's one of the reasons why we left is because Mm -hmm. um them just recognizing like the change that was starting to happen in me Mm -hmm. um and then to your point about okay so we in middle school we graduate I was, everybody was going to the same high school. school. We were, we were going down the street to Carter high school. It was a brand new school. They had just built. It was nice. It was dope, but we all was going to go to Carter. And then to your point, because the neighborhood that I grew up in the surrounding neighborhoods, I guess it wasn't just the Rialto kids was going to come. Now it was a East side Rialto kids out that went to uh, all the other middle schools that, um, so it was, it was two high schools you would go to. You'd go to Ike Eisenhower or you go to Carter, right? Uh Ike was all have always had issues for the uh-huh. longest. It was an older school and it's always had issues. Then they built Carter or whatever. But then it was kind of a toss up like, are you gonna go to are you gonna Eisenhower? I mean uh, Ike or Carter. A lot of people was gonna still go to um to Ike because mm-hmm. where they were, it was kind of like it's kind of like zoning without zoning. Like so people that was in that area still was gonna go to Ike. They was probably like uh no no give or take 10, 15 minutes from Rialto. Right. They were still in, in Rialto. But anyway, um but, that was that was like looking back, it's kind of like the scary thing. And I'm sure my parents probably saw that as okay, like everybody that Brandon is surrounded by right now, he's gonna go and migrate to to Carter when yeah. he's around more. And the, the the scary thing, bro, is when you got siblings. Yeah, so I had older brother, and my older brother had his homies and what they were into and all that kind of stuff like that. So then when you were in middle school, then you feel like you got clout. Right. So like I'm I'm walking around like I'm trying I'm trying to earn my own strikes. But at the same time, I'm I'm like, at the end of the day, I can call my brother and they're going to pull up and we can do whatever we got to do. And I don't even really got to do nothing. And my brother just going to do it off the code of being family. He ain't going to let nobody mess with his little brother. So I'm like, imagine what that would have been like if we both now in the same, you know, situation we eventually did. We came to Texas like we ended up being high school together for a brief uh, period of time. But anyway, yeah, that, that that stuff is crazy, man. Yeah, even and I will say like. I kind of real like internally, I knew I needed to move in the middle school when every because we rode this bus to school. Yeah. Every day we got off the bus because we got dropped off back yeah. in the hood. Yeah. So we getting dropped off, but you gotta think how many other schools that yeah. zone to the hood is yeah. getting dropped off. Right. So we was getting dropped off, and it was like three schools every day. It was like you just fighting. Just yeah. I was yeah. just thinking like. 
I can't do this every day. Like, right. I need to get out of here. You know, like, mm-hmm. I need to figure out a way to, like, try to avoid it. Right. It wasn't no avoiding it because you got to ride the bus because your mom got to go to work. Right. You got to catch the bus. And it was like, man, and it got kind of crazier. Ninth grade. I'll say ninth grade was like the, the, what, the, the tip? The, yeah. The biggest heightened point where it was like, whoo, I got to move. Like, you yeah. know, I got to, I got to go somewhere yeah. else, you know? So, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you spent a lot of time with your great grandmother. Yep. Growing yep. up. Um, if you could give me one, whether it's piece of advice, mm-hmm. um, a quote she gave you or something she always said that is now a quote for you um, or just a principle of life that she gave you um, that still applies today that you kind of live by. Do you have um, an example of that yeah, kind of something yeah, that she put in you? I'll say discipline. And the reason I say discipline is so I live with my, so my grandma and my great grandma live together. Yeah. Me and my brother live with them. Right. And then my uncle and aunt will come home whenever they were in college. Yeah. So you could say from age zero to age 16. Mm -hmm. So 16 years. Yeah. uh, Every single day at the end of the night, Mm -hmm. we had like a house to where like I could stand at the bar in the kitchen and Uh look through her room. Like I can see what she's doing in her room. Yeah. And every night, man, she would be up reading a Bible. Yeah. Every single day for 16 years i yeah. never didn't only time i didn't see her read that bible is if she was on vacation yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's just like just the discipline to do it anything yeah. day mm-hmm. in and day out mm-hmm. without a complaint without yeah. ever breaking your schedule yeah you know, like that that when i saw her do that because she passed away my junior year mm-hmm. junior senior year of high school but mm-hmm. just seeing her do that every single day it was like man like if I could keep, if I could apply that to anything I do in life, yeah, then I think I'll be pretty successful. Yeah, if I could stay steadfast and disciplined mm-hmm. in baseball, football, school, yeah, relationships. You know, being a friend, yeah, and like you being a father. If you can, just, you know, just stay disciplined and mm-hmm. own the course. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what we always say: we controlling the control. I'm yeah. controlling what I can control. Mm-hmm. And and putting the time in to something I care about. Yeah. You know, so to her, her faith was important. Yeah. You know, so it's like there is nothing in my day that can deter me to not get that word in. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. with being married, there's nothing that can deter me every single day, you know, than to try to do the right thing for my spouse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. and you see, you know, and so it's like everybody looked up to her mm-hmm. in our family. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always thought man, if I, if I could be like half of discipline mm-hmm. and respectable mm-hmm. to, towards people, then it's mm-hmm. like, I'll be respected in it and I'll have a good outcome on a career basis, but also yeah. just as a man. Yeah. yeah. So like that was my thing was like being in the hood. You wanted to be just, you wanted to get out. Yeah. The only way you're going to do that is through discipline. Right. Hard work, you know, right. And I think, because we know people that were better, more talented than us, but mm-hmm. they didn't have the discipline. Yeah. We were out there getting it, rain, sleet, snow, even in the dark. You, were, yeah. I know you remember those times. It was mm-hmm. dark out there, mm-hmm. and we were out there getting grinding. Yeah. So I will say, like, seeing her do that every single day. Right. You know, kind of, like, was inspiring. Like, man, like, if I could do that with anything. Right. You know, then I'll be, you know, I'll be, I think I'll be well off. 
I won't, you know, I won't say necessarily successful because, you know, it, it kind of takes a little favor to get that. But. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that, man. I just, I, I wish I would have had an opportunity to meet her, man. And just, it, everybody has something or someone right. that has, mm-hmm. you know, contributed to um, their successes and honestly, their failures too sometimes. Right. Um, let's go back to the sports um, side of things real quick. So we were talking about this the other day, you know, let's start at the high school level, right? Um, talk about what it was like, you know, once you start to recognize, mm-hmm. A, you're really good. Uh-huh. At baseball, right? And then what what the process looked like when you start to understand like the notoriety like the notoriety you were starting to get. Cause like we were talking about real quick. Um like oh, yeah. when we were when we were coming into that, like I never knew I never knew necessarily like I, I knew I was good, right? Mm-hmm. But I I never put together like, oh, I have a, a opportunity to play at the next level because right. I never had nobody in my family that did that, especially not in baseball. And, you know, outside of that, I was just playing, having fun. Like, I literally was just like, this is what I do. I play baseball, I play football, I do this and I do that. And then once, you know, recruiters start coming and, and invites start coming, then you're like, oh, snap, like, I'm really maybe not- I am pretty good at this, you know? So talk me through, we, we talked once about it, but, you, you know, tell my listeners what that was like for you, um, kind of that, that realization, okay, I'm really good and people want me to go play for them. Right, yep, yep. So uh, starting ninth grade, I went to high school at Lamar High School uh, in the center of Houston, Texas. But yeah. it's a, it's known as a baseball school. Yeah. You know, so we produce a lot of a lot of draft picks, mm. Division One. So I played with um, some great players, mm. but I was just playing for fun. I didn't yeah. like I was saying. I didn't start really trying until tenth grade. And that was when I kind of like the light, you know, the lights mm. uh, switch. But I didn't, I wasn't really too keen on what was good. Yeah. You know, so I'm playing, I'm hitting homers. Yeah. Everybody like, man, you, I'm like, I, I do this all the time at home. Yeah. You know, so I, I didn't even know what yeah. was, and the thing was like, I was, we have what, four division one baseball schools in Houston alone. Mm-hmm. It'll sound crazy to some people, but I didn't even know what schools, you know, I didn't even know what Rice University was. Yeah. yeah. Grand, I'm like, is that good? Like right. I, <laughs> he went to rice. Like, what's that? You yeah, know? Yeah. And so uh the summer going into so I guess that spring, mm-hmm. we playing high school ball, but you know, you playing select ball. Yeah. And I it was this one team that I always wanted to play for, uh the banditos. We the select team I was on, we played against them. Yeah. And I'm like, man, it's the best team in the world. Literally, yeah. like yeah. literally is the best team in the world. Yeah. And so I go off, man. Mm-hmm. I have I don't, it was something crazy. Like I had like, I went like four for five with like mm. a pop and yeah. a dive and catch. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The coach was like, "Hey, you want to come play with us?" Mm. And so I'm like, "Man, like, you know, like I must be live." Yeah, so yeah. I go start playing with them, and it was almost like, like almost like culture shocking away because you're like, man, everybody live. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody. Yeah. Like, yo, you have people sitting on a bench with a with a scholarship offer to Texas. Right. That's they sit in the pine. Right. You got people with offers to TCU, LSU, Arizona State yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, that was when we I moved schools mm-hmm. in 10th grade, partially because behavior, I wasn't going to school, right, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But also because of baseball, Cypress mm. in Houston is like, man, it, it is some talent. Almost yeah. like Frisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have some mm-hmm. talent out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, if I really want an opportunity to shot at this, mm-hmm. 
you know, that, that was when I started realizing I was live was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I really want to take this serious, I need to go out there to Siberia. Yeah. So I moved with my mom, mm-hmm. my mom and my sisters. Yeah. And so I go to Side Creek. Mm-hmm. I went to Cypress Creek High School. Went to Side Creek. And I'm still playing the Banditos, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm tearing it up. I think at the end of my sophomore year, I'm ranked like the 130th baseball yeah. player in the world. Like, yeah. I'm 130. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. and I didn't even know. One mm-hmm. of my coaches told my mom, and my mom came home all hyped. I'm yeah. like, what's up? What you, you know, what are you so excited about? Yeah. You, you, you ranked 130th in the world. Like, yeah. you good. Yeah. And I feel like in Houston, I had to have been top 50. Yeah, you got to be top 50. Yeah, right. In Houston. Right. And so this is where me and you kind of really – our past really took off similar was because that was when I really 10th grade was when I really realized I was good, mm-hmm. but I still didn't understand what they were looking for. Yeah. Like I didn't under, I didn't, I never knew about a 60 yard dash. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I was fast. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew I was fast, but I was like, I never done that. Or like just mild proud. Like, you know, you see people throwing a hundred, but right. I don't really know what I do. You know, right. I don't know how I stack up. So when that like that ranking at 130, that was kind of like confirmation. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm I'm nice. Uh-huh. So then like me and you, we started getting invited to area code games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what is that? Like that yeah. was I'll say like that because I went to area code, I think my sophomores no, I went to my junior year. Yeah. I went mm-hmm. to area code my junior year. Mm-hmm. And that was, and I'd already been playing tournaments with the banditos. So like mm-hmm. my rank is just propelled, you know. Right. When you get to area code, like that's when you realize mm-hmm. that you are not as live as you think mm-hmm. you are because you got kids from towns you never even heard of. Yeah. You, you know it's in Texas, but you like where where is Refugio? Right. You know, right. you got kids from Refugio outside of Corpus throwing 101. Mm-hmm. Like, man, it was black kids from Houston. Yeah. Throwing a hundred from the outfield. Like yeah. it was mind blowing. Uh-huh. Like, man, like, and so that was when I was like, I, I gotta start like practice. I gotta start right. like elevating my game. Right. I think one thing that you and I do well is we always adapt right. to the competition. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like when yeah. I got to the banditos, you never want to be the weakest link. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I gotta do more to be in the peer group. I gotta, you yeah. know, and then I went to college corpus, like you said, it, mm-hmm. it was it was almost like that first practice. Yeah. Dang, like everybody's fast. Yeah, everybody's big. Right. You, you, I have a late birthday. Like mm-hmm. you, I turned eighteen a week before I graduated high school. Right, I'm going straight to college. So mm-hmm. I literally just turned eighteen. I'm playing with twenty three year olds. Right, you know, like I'm right. playing with grown men. So I'm like just adapting. Yeah. So, but then, like, like you say, the cream always rises to the top. Right. If you really putting that work in. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get to high school, like that later, because then you got people buying beer. Yeah. People get distracted. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. And so I'll say, like, that was when I really like amped up my work ethic. Yeah. I'm like, man, they all partying. I never went to homecoming in high school. Right. Literally, I yeah. never went to homecoming. I was grinding. Yeah. I went to prom. But almost didn't go to prom because we were still we was like in the third round or fourth round of playoffs. Right. So like to me, my craft was always more important mm. than going to you know Dayton. You know yeah. like I 
that was because I always used to use my imagination, like vision to like imagine myself, like what is that first game going to be like in college? So like I'm right. me putting that work in is like, okay, I need to, you know, like hopefully this will help me achieve my dream. Yeah, that was man. Long-winded. And it's, it, no, nah, it's cool. Uh, I, I'm, I'm torn, bro. Cause I'm like, like, if I'm if I'm talking to to young people, like there's any young dudes listening to this, or if you got kids um, that play baseball or just any sport or whatever, like mm-hmm. as much as I appreciate like you telling your children, these are the tools. Let's take baseball. These are the tools you need to be successful. This is what scouts are looking for. This is what all that is great. But at the same time, I think it'd be detrimental too. It can't because because to your point like with us nobody told me what because we didn't know my family didn't know like my dad didn't know like you know they're looking for your home the first you know they're looking for they're not they don't even care if you strike out they just want to see how quick your bat is and like just all, all different things like that like your footwork in the field and and your arm angles and all that like I didn't know that kind of stuff I just wanted to perform well for my team right and I want to help us win because I hate to lose right so I'm just out there competing and I think that's what like helped me because I'll say this to your point, kind of like uh, your your experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily start really practicing baseball, like really getting in there, like to fine tune my game, like, probably until after area code. Yeah, it was my like, junior year as well. Because again, we going. I'm going through high school. I'm playing well. I'm having success and stuff like that. I get this invitation to go play. Um, and still, when I got it, I had never heard of it before. And I'm like, all I see is like major league stamps on mail. And I'm like, bro, like, what is happening right now? Like, and then, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm just going to go do what I do, right? I'm, right. I'm just going to show up and I'm going to do my thing, right? And you get there, and you're like, oh, like, is- we get we get eight swings and he hit six out. Right. Bro, and, 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 two, and two of them landed and two of them landed on top of the uh, building. Like, right. Ooh, and, right? And to, for people to put this in perspective, area code is a, a very prestigious, like showcase is invite only. Yeah. And they have it all over the country. Each region, like West right. coast is divided by maybe two teams. I think they have the Milwaukee Brewers and the Oakland A's. Whereas yep. our Texas mm-hmm. is so big in itself. It's the Texas Rangers, but right you may have 2,000 people trying mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's always held, at the time we were going, it was in Houston. Yep. In Houston, yep. So Brandon speaking on people hitting balls. These are high school kids mm-hmm. with wood bats hitting yep. balls over the 385 gap, over another batting cage facility that's probably 50. So these people, these are high school kids hitting balls 400 feet. Easily. Bro. Way over, like 40. Running, throw, throwing 100. Uh, running six threes and they said like, I mean it's like it's like the craziest thing and and it was like it was it's, it's just so I, I want to like paint the picture for people um because I'm getting to a point right um with all this like you you get there and like you said there's so many kids out there and then you look in the stands and it is every single university every scout. represented there it's every single major league scout but the crazy thing is the scouts the major league scouts they're not in the stands the school stands the major league dudes on the field right yeah. next to you. You run the sixties, they standing right next to you. You taking BP, they standing right next to the cage. Like it, it's just like this. It's such a. It, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's like it's such a a, a, a pressurized situation 
where all eyes on you to see what you do well, right? And, you know, I performed well, did all things, stuff like that. But I remember just leaving, just being like, not defeated or anything like that. Because re- as long as you're there, you on the radar. You have all- so you're good. You're good. You obviously, you want to, you know, make it on the team and, you know, all that. Obviously, you want that outcome. But regards to the fact, if you're there, you straight, right? You're, you're so, confident. So, you know, I remember leaving just like thinking in my head, like, man, I got to get better. I got like, I, I know what it takes now. I want to be that dude hitting those bombs. Yep. If you get eight swings, I want to hit eight out. You know what I'm saying? Like things of that nature, right? So that's when I really start to work on my craft. So my point to all that is like, I think you just got to be careful about how much um, you, how game you give into your kids when it comes to that. Just let them go out there and play. Let them have fun, and then kind of let the the time present itself for that to come in a way, yeah. right? Because I don't want to I don't want to start telling you know my son like you need to start working on your bat speed, and then that that's all he focused on, you know, oh, and wow. then he in his head when he hidden, you know, like all that kind of stuff. You just want to let them just go play, and then when things start to materialize and a scout comes or this or that, you're like, okay, now let me tell you what they're gonna be looking for, right? Right, and because I think looking at children now, mm-hmm. parents put so much pressure on and it's not even it's almost the parents living vicariously through the kid right it's not necessarily the kid even wanting it as bad as the parent wants right more than it, but they always you know i see a lot of parents you need to do this mm-hmm. you need to be going here you need mm-hmm. to be getting 100 swings in a day mm-hmm. i always say if at least if they're doing it yeah. they're picking up little tidbits yeah so where it's like when you get to it because you don't want to hurt them physically when they're so young they're not even developed enough. right you know like you have kids getting tommy john and night they not even developed enough. right no reason that should be happening like i i literally me and brandon played division one baseball and we played top tier competition right Mizzou, i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of iowa minnesota so we played mizzou we ran mizzou mm-hmm. we ran iowa mm-hmm. but i can't remember one person on our baseball team that even got tommy john right correct me if i'm wrong i don't know one guy no no and i I literally this is the only time i've ever thought about that yeah that's true you know so it's like you have you have your kids putting so much wear and tear on their body Mm -hmm. from only playing baseball Mm -hmm. that you you're almost hurting them yeah then you're benefiting them exactly like we played baseball football basketball I almost wish I would have played soccer. Yeah, I really wish I'd played. I soccer, didn't. For real. I just yeah. didn't. I mean, it was no right. where I right. was at. It was no. Yeah, ain't nobody playing soccer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Mexicans over there playing soccer. Right. So, yeah. so I would tell parents now, you can have them play at a high level, but yeah. just mix it up, diversity, because there are certain things from soccer that will help you if you're an infielder in baseball. Yep. yep. There are certain things in football. That will yep. help you if you're if you're a receiver in football. The transition to the outfield in baseball would be very easy. Very easy. You already know how to whip track, your neck around the loop. Try the balls exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I always say. I've never been someone that said my kid is only going to play baseball. Like no, no, right. no, 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 no. Right. You let them play everything, and then when they get to the point, like my mom always told us, they'll decide when they're ready. Yeah. When you know when you 11th grade. Okay, I think I would just. I mean, for me, I would if I could have. I would have played football and yeah. baseball in college. Right, right. I would play. I would have tried to go to somewhere like Baylor or somewhere. Mm-hmm. I could play both. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So I always tell people, don't try to silo your child yeah. to one thing so early to where they almost look <laughs> undeveloped in a way. Right. 
they almost look undeveloped physically in a way. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'd say, like advice to parents, mm-hmm. even kids. Like, yeah. If you look at all of these MLB players, probably ten percent only play baseball. Something. Yeah, not not a lot of them specialize in baseball. No, like, they didn't if you do look it. At all these dudes, mm-hmm. like even my friends that were first round picks. Yeah. They played football, basketball, yep. and baseball. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of those people, like to, for example, to put one example out there, people know like Clayton Kershaw. Him and Matthew yeah. Stafford play football together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it gets to that point where and kind of like with me and you, like I have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Even even when I was going through having success in both, I ha- I still have to sit there and be like, okay, I know I can play both at the uh-huh. next level. I know I can't. But now the the question I have to ask myself is what do I want to do? Like now, now then, and, and I think that's the position you want your children to be in and kids in general. You want to be in that position to where, and if it is baseball early, if you know you want to play, that's fine. Not, not demonizing people that just like, I only want to play this sport and I'm giving my everything to it. That's not a bad thing. But to your point, the people out there that are like almost trying to force that on kids, like, oh, you, mm-hmm. in order for you to get here, you have to only do this. Oh, that's not true. Kids. Like, because it, 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 we have too many examples of people that didn't do that. Right. right. One of my best friends uh, out of high school, he was a second round pick. Yeah. He played with Mike Evans. He so yeah. wide receiver Mike Evans for Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah. They played high school football together. They both played high school basketball together because Mike yeah. Evans played ba- basketball and yeah, he, that's that's what got him in the football because he could hoop. Right. He was yeah, so, so tall. So they he played basketball in high school with Mike Evans football in high school. And baseball, and the only reason he stopped playing football was his senior year. He was supposed to be a first-round draft pick, but he got a neck injury playing mm. football. Mm. So that's why he was like, all right. It wasn't anything severe, but it was like, yeah. all right, like, I need to really yeah. – I got a million dollars on the table. Like, let right. me just, We got to think that's in the fall of your senior, your senior year. So, it's yeah. like, you almost in college anyway. So, yeah, I would tell people, like, don't try to – if the kids want to do more than one thing, just let them – let them be kids. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. why let them be kids. So, again, with with baseball, right? So mm-hmm. you're having a success, you're getting ready to get to college. Um, just just touch on this real quick, and then we'll kind of move on. Um, being a smaller player, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that you were frail; you just short, right? Mm-hmm. So, being a shorter ball player, what were some of the challenges that you had to kind of overcome? when playing a sport like baseball, was there anything where you like, okay, I got to tailor my game because of my size or was it you, you never felt that way. You just straight up played like, uh, so I never felt that way, but I, I, I've thought about it because of scouts. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So like, I never thought about being like a five, six baseball player would mm-hmm. hinder me because I, I still had more pop than the right. big guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Steel was fast, right. faster than the bigger guys. Right, right. It was really knowing what the scouts want. Mm-hmm. You know, they all you always hear big league body. Oh right. yeah, big league body. Mm-hmm. Well, how many five six big leaguers do you see besides? I mean, right. now, 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 right, right now, right. You see smaller, like even Mookie Betts, right, right, right. Five six, right. it's rare. You know, so like going into college, like I always knew I got to do more. Mm-hmm. I got, I, I got to. I got to at least hit three. That, that's the bare mm-hmm. minimum mm-hmm. because I got dudes mm-hmm. that's six five, that's hitting two ninety. Right. I got to be right. one five six. I got to hit three fifteen, three twenty because right. that's always going to be a knock against me. And I think that's the great thing about, like, that's why I want to specifically bring this question up to you because um, Jordan had tremendous success 
um, playing baseball at a high level. And we see that now to your point, like, you know, we got Mookie Best, we got Altuve, we got Dustin Pedroia just um, retired, you know, he was shorter, you know, things of that nature. And it's not just baseball. The only sport I think that it, it just, I wouldn't even say that because you got short people in basketball too. But the, the point being is like, I think we're starting to move out of that archaic right. thinking that right. like, like your stature means Man. that you're going to be X, Y, and Z, right? right. Because it's, it's just not the case anymore. We're starting to see way too many examples. And I can see that we're starting to get there in our thinking. But you got the Kyler Murrays, you got the Russell Wilsons, you got the Altuve's, you got dudes that do way more than these these, you know. these amazing built. I, I didn't see some of the biggest dudes, swollest dudes, all this kind of stuff like that, and can't do nothing when it comes oh. to playing their sport. So I'm glad that we're kind of starting to move out of that archaic thinking. Like, if you can ball, you can ball. Period. Exactly. And I think we it was perfect timing. I think I was at the tail end before it really got popping like that. Yeah. Because but even think like Steph Curry coming out of Davidson, like, yeah. you know, like man, is he that good? Like, even though he was putting up legendary numbers, mm-hmm. even Kyler Murray, like yeah. this dude won. He's Mr. Everything, everything in Texas. Was win. Yeah, he's but everything. Like, you still saying, oh, he's five ten and a like Mm-hmm. And you see his NFL success is like right. Hard, obviously, what, what else do we have to like? Why you keep questioning his talent? Like, like Nate Robinson, you see what he's doing. Three, Nate Robinson won three dunk contests. Right. You know. So exactly. Like, exactly. If you, you know, can so ball, I, you can ball. Right. So I'm I'm happy that the next generation won't have to do deal with that. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like I did because yeah. that was like a knock against me even in college. Yeah. And I was I never hit under three hundred. Right. In I'm right. Up numbers every year. Exactly. Um. But so I'm happy, like for our kids, mm-hmm. and the, you know, generations down the line. If you if you can play, man, you'll yeah. get an opportunity. They'll yeah. find And to kind of go through Corpus, I, I don't want to spend too much time in there. Um, like I said, me and Jay played together at Corpus. Um, like I said, Jordan had tremendous success. Um, you know, um, talk me through this. So you see the success of Corpus. You got a lot of uh, you got a lot of teams interested. Um, be on the radar since high school, right? Um, you had the opportunity, you turn it down. Talk to me through uh, what was your thought process and like um, what made you make that decision? Yeah, so the reason I turned down pro ball, and and it's kind of it's kind of funny because you think of your whole life that's all you wanted to do, right? You know, but I think as we mature as adults. It just you're you're exposed to more things outside of sports. Mm-hmm. So for me, I knew I wasn't going to be a top five round draft pick. Yeah. So I was thinking, okay, well, what? And plus, I was a senior. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any leverage. Mm-hmm. I didn't have leverage to say, all right, well, if you don't give me two million, I'm going back to school. Right. It's like, all right, well, you don't have to take it, bro. You right. can go work full time. Right. You, you know, it. like right, right, right. So I was thinking, well. If I'm already not gonna be a top pick, mm-hmm. and I'm already, you know, the all the cards are stacked against me in regards to stature, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Then what would be the point of me going out, take accepting a draft, going out, and then being stuck in the minors for six years? Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. twenty, you're twenty two at a senior. Right. Now I'm twenty eight. Yeah. But I still had a year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. So my senior year, I had one more class, yeah. that I had, and it wasn't offered online. It was I had to be on campus. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking, well, 
if I don't say they only give me 10 grand, mm-hmm. well, after tax, you know, t- tax man gonna take most of that. So, right, five, five, say four or five grand, right, for six years making pretty much nothing, nothing. And then if I get cut, I'm 28 and ha- and I'm will have to go back to school for a year mm. or a semester. Mm-hmm. So now I'm about to be 29 and mm. I'm applying for entry level. Right. right. You know, so I'm like, if I want to get married, mm-hmm. start a family, I don't want to be starting from scratch at almost 30. Right. You know, and I was right. like, and I was blessed enough to get my degree and what I got my degree in. So mm-hmm. that was really, you know, I was like, well, I don't really, I, I didn't really do a lot of finance interns. I didn't do any internships. So I'm yeah. like, I don't really know what, what it's going to be about, but yeah. I would rather take my bet on me mm-hmm. out, off the field yeah. than to risk spending the majority of my 20s really kind of hating life because I'm not making money. And that's a good point, bro. I think like, you know, again, not not anybody that's in the minor league system right now or whatever the case may be, if you're in college and this opportunity is building yourself, we're not saying that, you know, you have to take the exact same path. That's not what I'm going for. But mm-hmm. I do think you made a good point. It's a there's a maturity level that comes. And I, maybe I, I maybe I misspoke. I wouldn't even say maturity because I don't want to make sight of people that don't aren't mature. That's not what I'm saying. What I mean is it, it's to each his own. Right. So. You know your experience, your your um your decision that was yours, and it made the most sense to you. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it's just important to highlight that part too. That you know, sometimes there does come a point where you have to weigh your options, and sometimes option B is is better for you than option A, even though option A is what you've done your whole life and what you've always dreamed of, and the opportunity now here. But if it sometimes it, it just isn't right, you know, and right. to, I, I just, I just want to give you, you know, kudos for that because I think that is regardless of your success outside of that, I think the, the lesson is, you know, kudos to you for having the gumption to be like, you know what, I think I need to go in the other direction, even though, right. like I said, this is what I've always worked for and it's here. It's probably best for me to go this way. Like that's not easy. Right. And then I, I even struggle with it. Because I was thinking, you know, what if? You yeah. always have the what if. Mm-hmm. But when you know you truly made the right decision for Because, like, me, looking back in hindsight, I didn't foresee me being here. Because mm-hmm. I didn't even know anything about the industry, yeah. the finance industry. Yeah. But I remember my uncle said, if you put the same effort into this finance thing that you put in a baseball, you will be successful. Right. If you... Like the discipline. If you mm-hmm. truly want it bad enough, you'll find a way to just on a on the crappy days, on the good days, just grind. Or yeah. just, you know, like once I really made my mind up that I was gonna do this, I had to like almost relearn everything I didn't because in school I'm a baseball player. I'm here to get my degree, but I'm playing ball. Like right. I'm not really too concerned about an accountant. Right. So, you know, I'm not really yeah, too concerned yeah, about that. Yeah. You know, so it was really like me having to retrain myself all the stuff I didn't know. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I spent thousands of my own dollars yeah. to like take courses to like mm. get myself ready to even interview. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, mm-hmm. and like a lot of people don't know that. Like a lot of people always see the end product. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, man, like 
I spent weekends, uh-huh. literally months of weekends every day yeah. outside of my regular job, right? Studying for the next job. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. I think you really have to just be secure, um, I guess confident in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And believe in yourself. And I don't think I would be able to do this without the support of yeah. my friends and family. You know, just yeah. like those days where it's like, man, I don't. You know, like mm-hmm. the first two jobs, it's like mm-hmm. I don't really know. Did I make the right choice? Like I don't. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's popping for you. You know, you get. I I went to. I probably applied to four hundred places. Uh huh. Only got five interviews and right. struck out on three interviews just because I didn't know it. Uh huh. That was when I was like, okay, like I I gotta I gotta course correct here. What <laughs> what do I need to be doing? Like, and that's when I always ask my interviewers for feedback yeah what do, what do i need to know what do right. i not know you know right. it was like okay and that's kind of how i could strategically say and i think know. that's i think you bring up a great point bro i think one it's one of my questions and, and, I, and i'm gonna kind of just get to it now in a way you know i'm not asking it i think that's one of the one of the top two qualities of life you can learn is adaptability right mm-hmm. so i think one thing that I, I like, I harp on all the time when I talk to, you know, younger kids or something like that, you know, seek correction always, man. If you will seek correction, it will save you so much headache and so much stress in life. And I I just know, I know people that are so uncomfortable with being wrong and being told that they're wrong, Mm -hmm. that they can never necessarily reach their potential. Let's put it in the sports realm, right? Think about, you know, whether teammates you've had or something like that. If coach yell at them, they shut down, shut down, can't do nothing no more. Can't start making errors. Can't do this just because coach said you suck for four seconds. Like if you really thought that you sucked that bad, you wouldn't be on the team. Number one. And then, and then second is that it comes with the territory, right? So you hear, you got to have somebody tell you, he's not saying you suck. You'll never be nothing. Go home, pack your stuff. He didn't say all that. It could have been that at bat sucked. You know what I'm saying? Like you just sucked in that at bat. Like, and it's okay. And like I think people have to do that and apply that in different areas of your life. Like to your point, that example you used, um, when it comes to like, you know, interviewing, like, yeah, you may not have got the interview, but like let somebody correct you, ask them and be like, Okay, what where did I mess? Where did I mess up? Where was my approach wrong? I use the baseball term, right? Where was my approach wrong? Um in this situation if you do that then you'll start to learn the game and then you can know where you can apply your efforts i think that's the biggest thing like then you know where to put your effort at if you don't ask then you just blindly like okay like i guess i'm gonna work on this and they want that they may not want that but if you have somebody tell you like nah this is what we need this is what we want to see then you can give all your energy to that and then you knock it out the park and like and that's a good point you made because say you have four things that your job looks for right to being personal mm-hmm. to being like you know like your technical skill that you went to school for right we're very personable right that was never an issue but it's right. the technical knowledge of mm-hmm. you know so once they told me that okay i can i can freelance I can pay for I that can, <laughs> yeah i can learn it right i just have to want it bad enough and one thing that i'm sure you you're a father, mm-hmm. you know, you're a husband, we're both husbands. One thing I used to think about, because I met my wife when I was making nothing. Like yeah, I was yeah. Making, she was making more than me when yeah. we first met. Right. Uh, and I used to always think, 
I'm the provider. Like mm-hmm. I used to, I used to almost have to put that in my mind to where when I was tired, mm-hmm. I had to push, I had to find a way to push through. Yeah. Because I'm like, man, I want this for my family. I right. got to do this for my family. You know, right. and I'm sure you being a dad, like when you out there doing any task, mm-hmm. like, I got to do, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a whole different mindset. Yeah. When you have people depend on you, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I think that's one thing that me and you, like post college, I think our grind, because yeah. I like me. Like, I know your story probably better than your parents know. Exactly. You know, like, I know all the job, all the, just all the sacrifice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All the uncertainties that we both had. Right, right. You know, and I think our grind and adapting to the situation is just next level. Like, that, I think that alone has put us and will continue to put us in positions of success. Yeah. Just because I, I think me not, being the smartest person in the world yeah but i Sorry about that, guys. Oh, sorry. No, it, it was me. I was just uh, telling the listeners, sorry about that. My my internet started whacking off for a little bit, so we didn't hear that last part of what you were saying. Oh, so- I was saying, um, I can just reiterate. I was just saying, you know, being able to be observant. Yeah. Another thing is like, I'm. I, yeah, I talk a lot, but I always listen more than I talk. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm mm-hmm. in a new situation or around new people, mm-hmm. I'm going to observe. How do mm-hmm. you how do you carry yourself? Mm-hmm. Because first, that'll even let me know if I want to be associated with you. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you if, if you're about something that I don't agree with, I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna put myself in that situation. Right, right. I've learned a lot through failure. Yeah. In my life, I've learned a lot through failure. Relationships, yeah, everything. You know, yeah. people listen to this so know some of those yeah. And and that's the thing. That's why just going back to that point real quick is like that's why I say. The, the key is you got to be willing to be corrected. So you have, there, there's so much, to, I, there's way more, in my opinion, to learn from failure than there is success. Yep. Because if you do things, if if you're always having success, it's very rare that people will have success and still look internally and be like, okay, where can I get better? Mm-hmm. That's rare. That's your Kobe's. That's your Jordan's. You know, yep. that's your, your Brady's. You know what I'm saying? Or people like they still find something to get yep. them going, but like, that, that's already, rare. That doesn't I'm happen. Already efficient, but how can I take it to the next level? Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and, and I think what will ultimately separate us from our peer group yeah. when it comes to rising the ranks mm-hmm. and whatever you desire, what we desire to do right. is just the hunger. Yeah. If I'm applying that same baseball mentality, that well, that means I always mm-hmm. there's always something to improve on. Right, right. You know, right. And that's one thing I wanted to tell the kids. You will never, if you ever think that there isn't something to get better, that means you're complacent. Mm-hmm. If you don't think, if you think you are just the best that God has ever put on this, the ever grace of baseball field, you're wrong. Right. You know, right. and I don't want parents to feed these children the concept oh you're just good you're no you have to make them earn that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 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 as a person that 
uh, performing at a high level, mm-hmm. you don't even have to say you're good. Your right. peers are saying exactly your praises. Exactly. You know, and that's what I exactly. always say. That's the difference between somebody that thinks they're good and somebody mm. that is, is your peers will tell you. Yep. yep. That's that guy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. mama, that, that man. Like, exactly. Yeah. You know, that yeah. Guy, like, man, I need him. Yeah. You know? So that's what I always tell people. Like, yo, people will speak enough for you. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So talk about this real quick, because this is something that um, I didn't really, um, how do I say this? I didn't really come to realization of this until after the fact, and I wish I would have recognized it earlier. Mm-hmm. So we just came off of talking about your decision to um, not go play pro ball, right? Mm-hmm. Or take the opportunity to get to play pro ball. Um, and for me, I, I'll just give my my example real quick. Um when I so I had a fifth year that I could play at Corpus because I registered my freshman year. I didn't. Um, I graduated in December of 16 that year, so I would have played the 2017 spring season. I didn't do that. Um, just took my degree, went on with my life, started my new life. Um, at that time, I was engaged already, um, getting ready to get married, all these different things. So I had different things going on in my life. But anyway, I graduated, got smacked in the face with the reality that just because I got a degree don't mean I'm getting hired nowhere. Right. So I wasn't getting hired anywhere, anywhere. Um, so that, that was, that was a blow. And th- this is where I'm trying to get at real quick. I think there is a huge um, wound that mm-hmm. happens. There's two wounds. I think that are massive that happens. Um, number one is the fact that you're, um, you're no longer doing what you've done your entire life. Right. The one thing that gave you, your most um, that that made you feel purposeful in life. The one thing that fulfilled you, the one thing you saw um, amazing success in, has now been stripped away from you, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have access to that ever again. And then the reality of just life comes, right? Of you know, I have this, but I don't have this, and I don't have this, and I'm working at a deficit. I don't have this, and I don't have this, and I don't have this. This no, 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 no. So mm-hmm. for me, I graduate. Um, I didn't recognize that those because I was I was okay. I was content with the fact that okay, yeah, I'm not gonna play ball no more. I'm fine. I'm 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 happy with my life. I'm about to get married. You know, I'm excited for what you know God has a store for me going next in my next couple of seasons of whatever that looks like. I was excited for all that. Um, so I was fine, but I wasn't though at the same time. And I feel like I ignored that because this this how bad it was. And I try and I it's, it's just kind of crazy looking back how I couldn't recognize it, or maybe I just didn't want to. I couldn't watch baseball, bro, for like oh yeah, a year plus. I couldn't watch it. I didn't watch I didn't watch our our um our teammates that were still at Corpus. I didn't watch one game. I didn't um I wouldn't watch it on TV. I didn't watch no college bro series. I didn't watch no pro baseball. I didn't I didn't want to watch one pitch, bro. Like I was like, I'm just burnt out from the game. Now, I wasn't I was burnt out. I was I was grieving that I couldn't do it no more, right? And 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 I and I couldn't deal with that. And and then when you come out of you come out of that, then it's like, okay, then I was yearning for so many different things to, to feel that wound, right? So it was like, okay, maybe I should do CrossFit. You know, maybe I should, you know, uh, I want to buy this so I can start doing this. And I want to take this class. And I want to do that. And I want to do this. And it was like, I was just throwing money around. I was just throwing my energy around to all these different things instead of just being like, okay, Brandon, like, it's okay to take some time to process, you know, what's happening in your life. 
now things went a little quicker for me because again, like I had just got married. So then I had to like have responsibilities coming immediately and things of that nature. So that kind of expedited that. And and I had to kind of stuff those things down a little bit. Not saying that's right, but I have to stuff it down a little bit, but you know, talk to me about that adjustment. Cause I don't think people understand how difficult that is to just Just all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. Like, man. So for me, same thing. I, I could watch pro ball. Yeah. But I couldn't watch minor league. I couldn't yeah. watch high school mm-hmm. college, uh, minor league baseball. Yeah. Because that was too close to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I would never watch um, watch college, you know, college baseball. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, let's see what else. Like, I – it was almost like you almost depressed in a way. Like, yeah. Because you don't know – what to do necessarily mm-hmm. um so i you know i would i found or you searching for different outlets not all of them necessarily being good exactly exactly you know? um so i kind of went through like maybe six months or so of just you know kind of like partying yeah I guess you say yeah just because i didn't know what to do with my time i never had this much free time in my life right you know, the free time is what's crazy. That's what I think right. people don't get is because we so used to being on schedules and having things that we need to do and take mm-hmm. care of. And then all of a sudden you work at this nine to five and you like, I don't got to get up at five. I don't right. got to do nothing yeah. after like I just go to work and then just I'm off and I ain't got nothing else to do. Like, that's weird. Like, I know to normal people, that's like, what? Like, but no, bro, yeah. it's weird. It really is. Like, and so, like, luckily, my first job we had like it was a small firm right mm-hmm. so it was maybe 15 of us yeah but all the guys did every like we had a gym in there mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. that was like oh man i had somebody to cling to, to yeah be a part of something yeah like, yeah like a team mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like, it was like five it, it was just like locker room you yeah. know like yeah talking like a locker room you know mm-hmm. so like that was like oh you know mm-hmm. not to say i still didn't I still wasn't bored. Like yeah. after hours, it's like, all right, well, uh, what right, right. Into? I don't know, you know, and that's actually the time I met my wife. Yeah. It was almost like a saving grace. Like it, I, you know, the funny thing is this conversation is some things that you asked me, I didn't, I didn't even thought about yet. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, like I started lifting. That's mm-hmm. when I really started lifting, mm-hmm. you know, like when you and me was like really, yeah, really lifting. And then, yeah. um, I kind of went through that little phase, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you kind of know more yeah. detail. Yeah. Um, and then I met her mm-hmm. and that was when it was like, man, like, you know, that's mm-hmm. when it, it kind of like almost like at the bottom, you know, like I met her at my like bottom, Yeah. you know, yeah. like my yeah. bottom. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that was really the only way that I could have like a distraction from not playing ball anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I, you know, you almost at the back of your mind, you you watching, and the reason I couldn't watch like minor league ball is because I see too many people I know. Yeah, exactly, you know, like, exactly. Man, I'm so much. Oh, I played against that lying. dude, and like, what is it's crazy? And, like, and it's even weird now mm-hmm. watching pro ball because we they in the league. We know. Yeah, in the league, people we played with, and it's like, yeah, so much louder than them. Right, right. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that's like I always give credit where credit due. Yeah, yeah. There is something they these guys were. Crim, mm-hmm. like crim. Yeah, but it's like, man, like they weren't that. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so just looking back in hindsight, man, yeah. like, it was hard getting – even now, like, even now, I have not watched a college baseball game. Yeah. And it has been six – Five years, six yeah, years? about five, five, six years. Yeah. I have yeah. not been back to campus. Yeah, I've not been back to my, our college campus. Right. Since I left. Right. Isn't that weird? I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's and I think like or I think know. that's something like that's why I wanted to make sure we 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 talked on this because, um, you know, mental health is a is a very serious thing, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it it can cause issues in so many different phases of life. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, if you're married, it's not just if you're single, it's not just if you had trauma in your life, it's, it's, in, it's, it can happen anytime. And I think from an athlete perspective, that's where a lot of that comes from. Now magnify that when you got pro ball players and whatever sport that's been doing it for even exponentially longer than we've been doing it. Right. So right. we did it all our life, then put another 15, 20 on top of that and then have them retire. And then you see and you hear about how the family was like, he was just a mess. Like he was mean or he was it's, it's, it's a grieving more, process. You know. Like and I and I just want like I, I don't necessarily know the answer to it besides yeah. or the remedy to it, besides just being able to um, give yourself grace and also like be willing to internally look at the the pain that is caused mm-hmm. and, and, and just be OK with like, OK, I know I got to grieve. And like vocalize that, you know, because like one thing that I told my wife, I remember after I started to realize that I had to apologize to her. And I was like, I'm sorry, like for the way I've been, some of the things I've said, how I've acted, because right. I didn't know that I was grieving something. And I would I would take that out on you or whatever the case may be, like whatever that looked like. But, you know, you don't even realize you're hurting people, you know, you don't realize like you 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 damaging relationships. It's just a whole like spiral effect if you can't internally look at in this regard with sports like to be like, okay, like I'm, I'm just hurting that I can't do something no more. Like, right. And even to add on to put this in perspective for people. So my last baseball game I played in was May or June yeah. 2015. So it's yeah. 2021 now. Yeah. I have not swung a baseball bat since 2015. Yeah. I have not thrown a baseball. Yeah. Since, like I walked away. It almost like I ran away from the game. In mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. The only time I've thrown anything is, playing with my dogs at the park i'm yeah. throwing balls you yeah. know but like i'm talking a literal baseball yeah you know like i have all my bats and yeah. stuff yeah. hanging but i have never I, yeah. it's weird i don't know and the crazy I mean, thing too bro kids, like that'll probably be one of the part you're like man i'm right. hitting fungos I'm like man right. i haven't really swung it to and the crazy thing too off that like even like with me real quick like my last game i didn't even i didn't even get to play my last game we played, I don't remember exactly the day, but it's sometime in May, obviously. And um, it's senior day, our very last game on campus. Senior day, we go through the whole ceremony, get my bag, get my picture, all that kind of stuff like that. Um, we start the game. My family's there. Everybody's family's there, right? You know, like it's, it's, a, it's a big deal, right? It torrential down pour rains as hard as it possibly has ever rained in Corpus Christi, Texas. I mean, uh-huh. it is just raining elephants and dinosaurs outside. Like, it is insanely raining. And obviously, okay. they tried to delay it as much as they can. We throw the tarp on, like, immediately. They're trying to delay because senior day, right? They want to give us that uh-huh. last opportunity. The crazy thing is, we, we're the home team. We go on, we go on deep for first inning. Uh, three up, three down. Come in. Um, I think we played two, ser- or two innings, rather. 
Um, bottom of the second, I'm on deck. To get it, I'm on deck. Didn't even get to get my my last at bat in. So like, even even that stuff of just feeling like, and it, it was it was kind of a a fun little ending. You know, they they called the game, and then like we ran on a tarp and slid all over the tarp, all wet. You know, hugging. You know, like kind of like one of the movies. You know, where uh-huh. everybody loving on each other, all soaking wet and stuff. So, you know, and our families would watch it from the indoors, just all tearing up and stuff, watching us have a good time and stuff. But anyway, it's it's even that of just feeling like you didn't even get the opportunity to you know put a stamp on your career it was like so like it's it's, it's a lot that goes into it it's emotional you know right? to, to talk about that last game so my last game was against southeast louisiana at the conference tournament yeah crazy thing is i don't even remember the game yeah i remember everything else other than i can remember every game leading up to that yeah i can't remember the last i can't remember my last game i just remember hanging out with y'all yeah yeah the team mm-hmm. i don't really remember playing in it yeah i have pictures i can right. look up and i don't even remember that but right. it was more so like the team so that's how i kind of knew like what i cherished more mm-hmm. it was just the team mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah so all right I, I think we're pretty much done with the with the sports talk i know that was a lot but it is we got i think we got some good stuff in there so for the listeners i hope y'all enjoyed that yeah. um and we could have gave y'all way more but oh yeah if we, if we really had all day <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we yeah. give y'all some some game on that but anyway um real quick going back to finance you know as a black man in fi- finance I, I i see similarities between the game of baseball and finance and i mm-hmm. see it in this this regard so for the most part um as a black kid playing a sport like baseball you don't see too many black kids playing baseball. For the most part, you probably were always a black one on your team, only black one on your team. Only one I was one. until I got to college. college. It was yeah, you and one other, right? So um, outside of that, you know, I've always been, oh, and, and the travel ball team I played on um, for a little bit too. But anyway, um, at a high level, you know, high school or anything like that, I was always a black kid on the team. So I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of similar in finance as well or just the teams you've been on, the environments you worked on, you usually probably were the only black uh, black dude in that. So what, what would your advice be to black people in general when it comes to establishing a career in finance? Um, yeah. Kind of like wanting to step into, if, if if you're not used to always being the only black person and then, but you have a career, you want a career in finance, but you oh. know that that's what that environment looks like. What would be your advice to kind of get over that hump in a way? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, firstly, if you're looking at it in the sense of when you're in college, mm. I would really advise, this is something I wish I would have done, is it just advise people to do internships. Mm. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. So when I started my career in finance, it was, I was thrown into the deep end. I had no idea what to expect. Um, but I think, you know, playing sports. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but also, hey Jay, sorry about that, man. Hey, go back. You were saying um, uh, I lost you, you again. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's start fine. back at so the beginning, I'll, if you don't mind. Yeah. So um, for myself, I was always the only black. Yeah. You know, black individual doing anything except yeah. football. Football. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so to draw that parallel, it was it wasn't too fresh or new to me because mm. I had a lot of 
I've had a lot of interaction with white people. I had a lot of white friends. Yeah. Um, but I was the only black person. Literally, even now, like, we have black people that work at our firm across the U.S., but I'm the only black person in any job I've had in the yeah. last five years. Yeah. Right? And so I would tell people, if you're in college and you don't know how that'll affect you or mm-hmm. how that'll, you know, what, what that's like, why don't yeah. you do an internship? Yeah. Because you will get a feel Mm. for all the personalities mm. because and i say personalities because just like baseball mm-hmm. you know being a black person it's kind of hard to distinguish if someone's being sarcastic right if someone's you know saying stuff to spite you or right. you know so i feel like it's always good to kind of get your feet wet yeah because it's a whole different world right and right I, that that is it is literally a whole different world in the sense of it's a lot more cutthroat mm-hmm. and also you have people that have always been entitled their yeah. whole life yeah, yeah you know like you have people their grandpa was worked in here their mm. daddy worked here they're mm. here they've always grew up rich mm. whereas me it's the inverse yeah i had to grind to get here right you know right um so it's just knowing how to deal with certain people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'd say like that would be a big piece of advice. Do an internship, but also just be social because you you ha- you're going to deal with a lot of different people, especially clients that yeah. are not, <laughs> you know, some of them not the most kind. Yeah, you know, yeah. put it quite frank. Right. No, I feel that. Um, so let's go to the um, the the Mary side of this now, and then and you better answer correctly because I'm sure your wife will listen to this. So, um, you know, you've been a married man for a year now. This is your time to kind of brag about her. So um, break down to me, man. What makes her so special and um, kind of what makes you say this is the woman I need to spend the rest of my life with? Because you, you mentioned uh, in a way meeting her was kind of a, a lifesaver for you, man. So kind of break that down for me. So when I first met, well, I can just go down a list, man. That list is long. But <laughs> when I first met her, okay, so my wife is white. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners that don't know. Yeah. Um, and so historically, I've dated white, black. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never had a preference. But when I right. met her, I saw that she never judged me based on, like, for instance, and you know this. Yeah, yeah. If you dress a certain way, most mm-hmm. white people have an ink. They, they assume mm-hmm. you're a, a white. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So she never, when I first met her, she never judged me on, by, based on what I look like. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Not based on me on how I dress. Mm-hmm. To her, everything was more intellectual. Yeah. On the inside. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or most even men like and we aren't even like that. Yeah. We're, what's on the outside, mm-hmm. and then we work on yeah, what's yeah, on yeah. the inside, right? Um. So, you know, she is one of the most down to earth individuals. Yeah. And you know, like she, for real. she literally never. So we've been together for about four, three, four, almost four. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, but she never ever has tried to make me be a different person, yeah. Than I am, That's she good. never has never made me say, Don't talk like that. Mm, mm-hmm, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't when you're around my family, don't act like that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, when yeah. I'm with my family, I act like I'm with you, yeah, I act yeah. like I'm with my family, right? You know what I'm saying, right? Um. And also, I think that was how she was raised. Mm-hmm. Her mom raised her very well. And she mm-hmm. also grew up around a lot of Black, Hispanic, yeah. and white. Yeah. 
right? So it wasn't alien to her to have, you know, me as a companion because yeah. a lot of her friends was black, right? Right, right. Um, but also, like I was saying, her parents, like, really raised her in a way to where she, you know, you're not judging people based on preconceived notions. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I'm. Mm-hmm. This is action. What is your actions telling me? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but she loves my family, treats mm-hmm. my family like hers. Mm-hmm. She, probably talk, she probably talks to my sisters more than she talks to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She don't even text me. Yeah. Uh, all y'all listening. She, <laughs> never, she never reads my text messages when she at work, but she she talks to my mom. She called my mom, talked yeah. to my sisters and my brother. And to me, that's a big thing because yeah. I'm a big family person. You know me, mm-hmm. like, it's you and Han mm-hmm. and the fam. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, that's, I don't really talk to a lot of people right y'all you and him that's my fam you know so and you said something bro i think is is very important bro um especially when it comes to talking interracial um my wife is white as well and um just real quick just my my personal thoughts on this um number one i never thought that i was going to marry a white woman to begin with Right. Um, I, I never thought I would. Nothing against it. It wasn't was that I was married. yeah, it wasn't that I was purposely trying to avoid that. Not at all. I just never I never saw that, right? I never saw that for myself. Anyway, I digress. What I'm getting to is I think the the uh, the launching pad is I've had people ask me, black people ask me, plenty. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get this question or this question in a roundabout way and I get what they're trying to say. But they're like, you know, what 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 was it like when y'all were dating or what's her family like? What's this like? And basically I always interpret that as like you trying to figure out is if her or anybody close to her has is racist, has been racist or has an issue with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always give this answer to people. I say, you know me, right? So I'm talking to somebody that I know. I'm like, you know me, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, I know you. I'm like, okay, so let's make this clear. If don't you think that if I was, dating somebody or with somebody that ever made me feel like kind of like what you were saying um jay you still there i think you're frozen man i think i lost you oh man i think i lost jordan see till you come back Hey, there we go. I was gonna say it said I was the host. I said, wait, 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 I'm here. Hold on. All right. I think we're back. We back. I heard everything you were saying though. Okay. Hold yeah, on. if anybody, if you're trying to they were trying to see if if have Hannah's family, anyone in there made you feel less than. Yeah, yeah. So can you still hear me and everything? Everything sounds weird. Are you talking on a different uh device or no. something? No, I'm I'm still I still hear you. Are you able to hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I just hear you coming through my um, through my deal, but whatever. Uh, what I was saying though is like the way I look at it, bro. Is I tell people if you know me, you know that at the end of the day, do you really do you really imagine me being okay with her or anybody close to her? making me feel any type of way for being who I am. Right. Right. So, and let's put that in the, the obvious of like racial. Right. So you think that I would literally would be with my wife. If let's just say, for example, her father ever said something racist to me. No, because right. probably what I would either do is say something to him or fight him. 
like right. one or the other because I just don't care like that, right? Um, yep. You know, uh, same with her. If she ever was like that, no, we it, it wouldn't have been a question. I would have never let anything like that slide. So I always tell people the fact that I'm with this person mm-hmm. and chose to marry them and chose to start a family and all that probably gives you a good inclination that they, they're not like that. Now, there's a big difference. I think people need to understand too. Like, are there things that, she I, I may have opened her eyes to when it comes to you know being um with the black man yes absolutely but that doesn't mean there's a difference between just being ignorant to some things and being racist two right. completely different things right that so that's that's where i always tell people is like um that's my answer when people say that is like it that, that's let's get out of that thinking like that's that's stupid and in a way it's almost kind of um it's almost disrespectful in a way. I, I get really annoyed when people ask me that. I'm like, right. okay, because now you're making me feel like you don't truly know me and know my morals and know what I stand for. Stand for. Right. right. So and like, then for me, that's when I get irritated. Right. And bouncing back to my wife's family, like I have a key to the house. Like I right. have literally a key to her parents' house. I know the alarm, you know, um, and so I've, I've received nothing but love. And I think my family feels the same way. Yeah. Um, but I'll say, you know, one thing my wife, one of the be- one of the things that I couldn't do is have my career without, like, I I couldn't have a career that I have without her support. Right. Because I travel sometimes. Yeah. You know, so if you don't have somebody that is supportive of what you do, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to have that balance. Yeah. You know. Um, so I feel like my wife does a great job with supporting me. And likewise, I try to do everything I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think my, my wife, like to pick up where I left off is, you know, kind of just going through and, you know, you were asking why um, I believe, you know, uh, she was the, you know, the one I wanted to marry. It was just, you know, all the other things that I've mentioned, but also, you know, just love and support mm-hmm. like genuine though, not yeah. Yeah. Because I always say, like, like now I'm doing well for myself in my career. Mm-hmm. But it, it, when we first started dating, I didn't really make much money at all. Right. So she's been here with me just on a steady incline. Right. You know, so right. That's why I'll say, like, she deserves everything because she was here when I didn't have anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, like, I always hate, like, when, when people look at people that are have success in their craft, like mm-hmm. a Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, well she's just with them for the money i'm like well no like most of these people have been dating these people before they had anything exactly you know so that's why it's nothing to me to go the extra mile yeah Yeah. you know just because it's like when you know someone's truly genuine and loves you then it's easy you know right right i i I really appreciate yeah i know i was gonna say you know i that was just a maturing factor for me that i had to you know kind of you know as i got older yeah because obviously i you know it hadn't always been that way for me right no i feel that <laughs> yeah i feel that um and you know i think that i, I like to highlight the wives and, and talk about our marriages because i think it's important for people to know that it's still possible for you to achieve the things you want to achieve personally with the spouse um that is very true. And if and if anything, like they will push you even that more is, to do yeah. that if you have the right one, right? So if you got the right one in your life, it actually becomes easier because yeah. then you got the support that you need, right? 
And then you may even have, and I mean, support in all areas, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, you have that support now, right? And you'll have to do everything yourself. So I, I strongly, I'm strongly against this idea of that um, you have to do, in order to do the things that you want to do, you got to do it by yourself. Now, my dreams aren't her dreams, you know, right. and they don't have to be. But I think what, what you have to do is you got to at least, if you can communicate that with, the, with your spouse and be like, hey, this is what I want for my life, mm-hmm. as, you know, um, and then, you know, whatever your plan is and how you achieve that, I think it starts there. Just like, you know, the cliche of always people say, you know, you hate communicating marriage, but it's true. You just got to be able to communicate to your spouse. Like, okay, this is what I desire. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to get there. Uh-huh. And um, your spouse should be like, okay, I'm going to support that. As long as you're not talking about you, about you trying to rob no banks or something like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, then then, then yeah. you Gucci, you know, but outside of that, it's like that, that's, that's what you're looking for with with the with spouse and your spouse should be like okay i'm going to do everything i can or ask a question how can i support you in getting to where you're going to do or trying to be and then i'm going to do that as much as i possibly can and to even add to what you're saying if your spouse is really like your best friend like yeah. me and you if i know you're trying to get more muscular yeah I'll get on you if you're not getting if you're not doing what you need exactly to do. exactly so my, like renee uh, my wife, she would like if I say I'm training, like I was training for the Houston Marathon and it got yeah. canceled. She'd be like, uh, How are you gonna run a marathon when I don't see you outside? Run? Mm-hmm. You've been skipping days, mm-hmm. it almost like lights the fire under you, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you know, like now I'm gonna go get it, I'm gonna go yeah. harder, you yeah. know. Cause like, and I don't know if this is everybody, but I always do things and like. I'm a very visual, you know, when they always used to say use visualization as a tool, yeah. You know, when I'm working out and running or even honestly doing anything, I'm at work. Yeah. I always visualize myself doing what it is that the, the goal. Right. So like, I want to do the Ironman. So every time I was running, I would just picture and I would close my eyes while yeah. I'm running and just picture what it'll look like to see all my people. Right. Like, man, you did it. You know, like, right, right. right. I'm like that with my kids. Like, mm-hmm. man, what am I going to feel like when I see my boy? get out there and hit his first pop in college. Like, yeah, that's what yeah. he, like, surreal, right. like, man, right. like, I can't even, you know, like, right. so, like, that's what I use visualization. And I think, like, your spouse, the 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 more they push you, it helps that easier uh, to visualize in your dreams to come to fruition, really. Yeah. Um, I'll finish with this, man. Um, I love this question. I love asking people this. What do you want your legacy to be? When you leave this earth, what do you want people to remember you for? What do you want your children to remember you for? Your spouse, your family? What is the legacy of Jordan Lee? Uh, I would like my legacy to be... Hmm, on, give me about two seconds. <laughs> I would like my legacy to be just... Uh, I'm a giver. I give mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. each one, each one. Like, even yeah. in my job currently. I I wanted to start recruiting at these universities so I could get my more minorities. I yeah. wanted to give them the opportunity. Yeah. You know, I yeah. want to make for these young kids just to give them the opportunity. Right. You know, I always say, like, if, if I ever made a hundred million dollars, I would give it all to y'all. Right. I would right. Give, you know, my people. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just a giver at heart. Mm-hmm. I would well, like my legacy to be that I, you know, I don't I'm you know, willing to go over and beyond to help others reach their full potential. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I, I feel, feel like, like 
because and the reason I say give is because I'm a man of Christ. Mm-hmm. So in that conversation of talking, if it comes up, then I can give you that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the goal as a Christian is to save as many souls here mm-hmm. while we're here on earth. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to give people wisdom, knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if it, if the opportunity presents itself, maybe, you know, bring people closer to Christ really. Yeah. yeah. You know, it don't have to, to me, it don't have to be anything tangible. Right. More so spiritual. Right. That's the only thing that's going to be continued living when we aren't on this earth. I feel that bro. That's, that's beautiful. And I, I appreciate you, you, you articulating that, man. So that's honestly all that I got uh, for you today, man. I just want to say again, how appreciative I am for you to, um, be transparent and, and talk through all these different things and share your experiences and all that kind of stuff, man. I know we talked for a, for a cool little minute, man, but like I said, we, we could have went right. for we four more hours, hours, man. Like we, we still cutting stuff short, you know? We so had, um, conversations that exceed at this exactly. Time. And to the listeners, man, sorry for a couple of those technical difficulties, man. And, um, you know, it's, I guess, blame it on COVID. And, and I and would they, like to say, I appreciate you bringing me on. I wouldn't. I was never gonna ask. Yeah. To be a guest, I wanted yeah. that to be something you wanted. Yeah. Uh, but I'm proud of you. I know you mentioned you want to do this podcast for the last year, so you you brought into fruition yourself just grinding with yeah. a child yeah. and being married. So I just say applause to you for making things shape. Yeah, <laughs> really I appreciate that, bro. Things happen. I appreciate. It. You know we're gonna keep it moving. You know how we get down. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, again, thank you, bro. Um, this is my brother, y'all, man. So y'all, I would say, you know, on some podcasts, you're like, oh, you know, you can follow him on this and that, but we don't really do social media like oh, that. Oh, we got mind. social so, media. Uh, yeah, you ain't going to be able to do that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I guess find my LinkedIn or something like that and send him a message or something. Right. I'm sure Brandon will tag my wife in this video link so you could probably add her on facebook <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Add, add his wife as, as weird as that may be yeah add his wife but cool um and, uh oh real quick before we go who you got sunday man i got well my wife from kansas city so she'll say the Chiefs, but you know i'm rocking with tom brady oh man i'm about to hang uh, up all right i got i got i got, <laughs> got, got chiefs blowout i got chiefs blowout and by blowout i mean by 10 plus okay I'm a, I'm I'm gonna be texting you all game. All right, tomorrow. A, all right, we'll see. Wait all right, man, I love you, bro. Thank you again you. for your time. Uh, absolutely, y'all have all a right, blessed.